Corey Gleed, a clinical psychologist, and I specialize in evidence-based treatment for anxiety, depression, and stress. And I'm Anna White. I'm a former Wall Street executive. I experienced severe burnout at one point in my career, and I discovered that it had a lot to do with my type C personality. Anna and I are here to educate people about type C traits, which are being pathologically nice, putting the needs of others above yours, avoiding conflict, always saying yes, and worrying excessively about disappointing other people. On each episode, we'll share personal stories and also strategies for how to live in healthier ways and how to prevent burnout. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about alcohol as a coping mechanism, and you can also relate this to lots of other substances. We really think this is an important topic to be talking about during this time of year because the holidays are coming up and there will be a lot more alcohol in our lives. Type C people are really at risk here. Type C people are conflict avoidant and they have a really hard time sitting with guilt and other negative emotions. Alcohol and other substances can be fantastic. Unfortunately, in the short term, they really help create distance from lots of negative emotions like guilt and anxiety. And so we use them to feel negative emotions less intensely. Alcohol and other substances really help us be more assertive in the moment. They can help us be more confident. They can help us put our needs out there more, allow us to sit with feeling guilty or anxious more easily. Alcohol can help reduce the need to please other people so that we take care of ourselves more. Alcohol can help us create distance in a lot of challenging situations. So I wanted to just give a couple examples of some things some patients of mine have said over the years, which I think are really interesting. And the reason why I share these is to really help people realize that you should not be beating yourself up about the alcohol use. We want people to understand that this is such a common problem. Some people use alcohol a little too much. It's not great for your body. And some people obviously use it significantly to where it's a major problem in functioning. But lots of people really struggle. So over the years, a couple of my patients have said things like, one said in particular, I take care of everyone else and the alcohol takes care of me, which I thought was just fascinating. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. Another patient said, alcohol helps me relax, gives me space for my feelings, let me, lets me focus on myself for once during the day. And another patient said, at the end of the day of taking care of everyone else, it's what I look forward to because I'm exhausted and stressed. It's my reward. So I will say as a type C personality, I used to be much more of a drinker than I am now. Um, my health issues don't really allow me to, to drink too much anymore, but I loved it back in my 20s and my 30s. It made me more fun, less serious. So in some ways, I'm actually grateful for my health issues and alcohol is one reason for it. I, I, I really had to cut back and I could see me sort of going down a darker path and, and really using it for, for feeling more uh, for feeling less anxious, for feeling less of a need to please people. So I really do see a lot of folks in my circle overdoing it, especially the moms. We're all really, really stressed. But even though I do have these health issues, I do find myself saying yes more often than I should. And, you know, one example I'll give is I have these wonderful friends. They are the best entertainers and they always throw these lovely dinners and they have all these beautiful wines that they're pairing with the dinner. And so that's a really hard thing to say no to. Somebody's invited you to their home, their gracious hosts, and you're given this like lovely glass of wine. And so of course you're going to say yes in that situation. And, and then once the, the cap has been broken, it's very easy to just keep on going. Right. And so that's when I tend to overdo it because I don't want to say no. And then I'm feeling great in the moment. And I really don't want to stop that feeling. 
So I will say though, when I overdo it, it is not pretty. I have never been one that can tolerate a hangover, but now it's progressed to the point of even just like a couple drinks, I'll get migraines. I sleep horribly and I'm a real mess the next day. I'm a disaster to be around. I'm so grumpy. I'm so irritable. And then our family kind of falls apart. The household is not pleasant because when mom's not happy, nobody's happy. But I will say, I do realize that this is a kind of a benign example. There are a lot of challenging situations out there and a lot of people are using alcohol for more relief, obviously, than, than I am. So, Anna, you were talking about some really interesting, you know, elements of the type C personality where, you know, people pleasing and kind of just wanting to get away a little bit and how in the moment it feels so great. And I just want to talk a little bit more about that. You know, over the years, I've had several patients who really fit with this people pleasing conflict avoidant. But I think one of the big, big challenges that I've talked to a lot of my patients about is this real imbalance with doing so many things excessively for other people and this avoidance of being willing to sit with guilt. And so there's just this excessive emphasis on everyone else but me. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, very understandably, when alcohol or eating or, you know, other something else is a quick fix, it can be so easy to turn to that. Mm -hmm. And then obviously there's negative consequences and we beat ourselves up. And so you know, one of the things we really want to talk about today is this is a very normal response. You know, looking to alcohol is such a normal response. It works really well. And so what we want to talk about is recognizing how it only works in the moment and it really doesn't work in the long run. But if you're going to reduce alcohol, you really need to not just think about that. You need to think about what is driving the use. So I just want to give you a couple examples of some of my patients, a little bit more detail. So I had a lovely patient who really struggled with alcohol probably, you know, for about 40 years. Um, she used to drink every day after her kids went to bed. She took everyone, the care of everyone else in her life, and she really neglected herself. And alcohol was the thing she looked forward to. And unfortunately, it was a lot of it due to her type C behaviors. It was what she found in the moment to help herself because she was so exhausted and drained. I have another lovely male patient who really has struggled with alcohol on and off for many years. He's been in rehab several times. And unfortunately, at the end of the day, he's so he spends so much time being worried and exhausted by messing up or making other people unhappy, we, whether it's his wife or people at work, that alcohol is the only thing he can turn to to make himself feel better. And it's so sad. And he recognizes this and he's really, really, really struggled. But the challenge is that in the moment, it's a really great fix. It helps him relax and it gets him away from feeling like he's disappointed someone in some way. And then another patient who kind of, again, a mom who really spends a tremendous amount of time doing things for her kids and her mother, um, who is aging and also has a job that she's juggling. And so it's just a tremendous amount of doing everything for everyone else. And at the end of the day, she's exhausted and stressed. And it's so really, she really looks forward to this drinking, which understandably makes sense. I also just want to mention that all three of these patients end up drinking alone by themselves at night. And so, you know, we just want to talk about normalizing this and some tools to help. Right. So I know, Corey, there's this pattern in your world called the ABCs, where the way psychologists kind of think about it, the A being the antecedent, what leads to the drinking, 
And then the B would be the behavior. And then the C would be the consequences. So the antecedent, what leads to the drinking for type C, what would that be? So basically, um, and this can, by the way, be applied to alcohol. It can be applied to over-exercising, overeating. The ABCs are really just a way of, it's a behavioral analysis of looking at, you know, what is the pattern here? So for a type C person, if you think about the things that we were been talking about, we, you know, people with type C struggle so much to be aware of their own needs and balancing these needs with other people. And really it's about in order to balance these needs, you might have to feel guilty because you're not doing something for someone else, which is really hard. You might have to sit with guilt or go against those rules in your head. I can't upset anyone. I can't make other people angry. So you spend a lot of time doing so much for other people. It can lead to anger and resentment. So alcohol is a great quick fix for that. People with type C focus excessively on taking care of other people, putting so much responsibility on themselves to do this, not letting other people do things and really not asking for help in any way. And obviously at the end of the, end of the day, you're exhausted and alcohol really helps. So if you are going to make these changes, you want to think about where would I start? Mm -hmm. And, you know, Anna and I have talked about a lot of these types of changing your uh, type C ways. Would you, you know, what is the cost of your behavior, obviously, on your health and your relationships? slowing down, noticing, do you have anything to look forward to? And thinking about, you know, what's the balance? Like, do, do what are your needs, right? Just starting with what are your needs? Are you even thinking about those? Right, right, right. So obviously the behavior is drinking. Anna, you want to talk a little bit about the consequences? Yeah, the consequences, the costs, because it's very easy just to dismiss them and not think about what the long-term costs of, of drinking are, because you're sort of just caught up in that moment of trying to escape and trying to take the edge off. But you know, obviously one is a hangover. That's the, that's the easiest one to identify. And hangovers are not great. You're unproductive at work. You're irritable with your family. I mean, I've just been filled with self-hatred some days Absolutely. where I'm laying in yep. the bed going, oh my God, I'm not getting anything done today because I just feel so terrible. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you may eat more to try to get rid of that feeling or eat more that night because you, you're mm -hmm. kind of losing your judgment on what's good and what's bad. Sure. Um, and, you know, obviously, you know, you can say and do some really regretful things if you overdo it. And a mm -hmm. lot of people are filled with guilt and self-hatred over that. Can I just make a comment? You, that yes. is so true, right? That in the moment, you know, if there have been a lot of type C behaviors that are driving this drinking, you may like unleash some of that anger and resentment as someone that you've been holding on to. Uh -huh. And then they don't really hear you when you do it in yeah. that way. And we've all been there, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So obviously this, if this continues, can lead to more serious relationship yep. issues, yep. right? I mean, um, and then obviously, you know, the physical issues of long-term drinking on your liver, you know, I just... It's one of those things where it's so easy to ignore that, especially in your 20s and 30s and think that it's not going to catch up with you. But now that we're a little bit older, you know, and I'm older than you, Corey, and I've seen friends, no, not that much, but I've seen friends and, 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 you know, people in my circle where I'm like, wow, it really did catch up. And it's one of those things where you just think it's not going to happen to you. And, and then, you know what? It does. And then obviously, you know, one of the, the, the biggest risks is just escalating into full-blown addiction to the point where you can't live without the alcohol yeah. or whatever substance yeah. it is. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about strategies and what, what can we do? We've now we've covered the ABCs. We know sort of how we have a framework for thinking about it, but what are the actual practical strategies we can do if we are finding ourselves overdoing it with alcohol? So 
going back to the ABCs, right? So what are the antecedents? What are your type C behaviors that are driving you to want to drink understandably? So I'll first start with just noticing your judgment, right? Just trying to be kinder to yourself. Take it one day at a time. In the alcohol world, there's this idea between a lapse and a relapse. So if you mess up one day, tomorrow's another chance to try. But really, and if you mess up, instead of thinking of it as a mess up, think of it as problem solving. What happened? What did you not do that day to take care of yourself that may have led you to drink at the end of the day? So prioritizing your needs, really trying to think about what am I not doing for myself? What's important to me? Is it my health or exercise? Is it uh, doing things to look forward to? Is it building my social support? Really thinking about trying to create better balance. So that would mean saying no, possibly, so that you have time, being more aware of what you're spending your time on, really trying to focus on taking steps towards finding time to do more things for yourself. Of course, that will mean sitting with guilt, as we've talked about, mm -hmm. the rule shows up, oh my gosh, someone might be angry. But you know, I think there are a lot of ways that we kind of assume the worst and also you know, end up doing a lot of little things. And if you got rid of those, like there would be a lot more time in your day. And then obviously noticing the difference. If you do say carve 10 minutes out of your day, a half an hour out of your day, if you to exercise or to make a plan with someone else or whatever you find restorative, maybe it's reading or meditating. If you start to have more things in your week to look forward to, do you notice a difference? Mm -hmm. Do you notice that, yes, you may feel guilty, but you're also feeling more hopeful and these things you're doing are making you feel better about yourself. So it may not get rid of all the stress and anxiety in the moment, but does it help reduce that need to escape, to get away at the end of the day? And I think in my example, just on a very practical level, really proactively thinking about how much I'm going to drink and thinking about that in advance, planning for it, and then sticking to it and understanding that I'm making this decision because I want to prioritize my own needs and my need is to feel good tomorrow. And I need to be the mom I want to be. And I want to be, you know, the, the worker that I want to be, and I want to get all these things done. And so, you know, just having to sit with that guilt of saying, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to feel guilty and I'm going to say no, and I'm going to feel guilty, but I can tolerate that. Right. And then obviously I think if things are more serious for some of our listeners, you know, I mean, it's so important to just a good therapist engaging with a good therapist who can help it's a really important thing to address. We actually have a resources page on our website, typectoolbox.com. There's a, a search function on, on one of our um, links that can help lead to a good therapist if you're having trouble finding one. Absolutely. And also don't wait until it's too much of a problem. Like it's right. great to start off kind of exploring some of these things with a therapist, but definitely if you've heard anything today, it's about, it's not always about the drinking. It's often about what drives the drinking. So I just want to give a quick update on some of my patients that have really been struggling. Um, and I would say that two of them have made massive changes in for them, they might not think they're so massive, but in my mind, they're massive awesome. in really trying to balance out their lives more. And remember, type C behavior doesn't mean you stop caring about people and stop being thoughtful. You'll still always be a thoughtful, caring person. It's just about trying to find ways to include yourself a little bit more. And a lot of other people won't notice a massive change. It's a little bit of a change, but hopefully if they're good people, they'll be appreciative and happy that you're doing more things for yourself. And they'll also get the benefits because you're a happier person. So ultimately, it's really about, you know, trying to make these changes that lead to the drinking behavior. And I think we can't say it enough that this is something that a lot of people struggle with. And so 
we're not alone in this. We have to remind ourselves that we're, we're not alone and be kind to ourselves. It's very, very important. Absolutely. So we really hope you liked the episode today. And speaking of liking, we'd love to for you to go on iTunes and put some stars on there if you like the episode, even write a review if you'd like to. There are a lot of ways to get in touch with us if there are topics you'd love for us to cover. You can email us. It's typectoolbox at gmail.com. You can go to our blog, typectoolbox.com. There are links there to get in touch with us. And also check out our Instagram feed. We've got a lot of quick hit videos covering a lot of these topics. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening today. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only. It's not meant to be a substitute for mental health treatment. If you're having a mental health emergency, please dial 911. If you're looking for mental health treatment, please visit the National Alliance on Mental Illness website at NAMI, which is N-A-M-I dot org.